whenever I work with parents, I want to, you to start cultivating just an atmosphere, an internal atmosphere of compassion and self-kindness. You know, as we're making changes to our parenting, as we're trying to learn how to be in a new way with our kids, oftentimes we use the very things that we're trying not to do with our kids on ourselves, right? We use blame, shame, criticism, judgment, all on ourselves. And so the very first thing you do is have to start taking a look at how I'm spe- you're speaking to yourself and just recognizing that like, it makes sense why these things are hard for you. It makes sense that, um, that we don't know <laughs> what we're doing necessarily, or it makes sense that in the moment it's hard when you're flooded to be your most conscious and best self and that you're human and that you make mistakes and that's part of being alive. And so that self-kindness is, is so important. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Well, hello, future-focused parents. Welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira and Dina here with you, and we look forward to talking today about the inner work of conscious parenting. How do we do work on ourselves as parents to understand our own triggers, to do some healing around that? And we're very excited to have a guest with us today. Dr. Laura Froyen is here to share some of her expertise on this topic. But first, as many of you know, we're not together in the laundry room quite yet. So I have to say hello to Kira over there next to her washer and dryer. How are you doing, Kira? (laughs) I'm good. I'm cozy over here. How are you? <laughs> you know, I've got my blanket around my shoulders under the stairs and I'm I'm really pleased though. I do feel like I'm learning the ins and outs of how to record in a coat closet and I'm getting mm-hmm. it pretty much down to a science, I'm happy to say. Yeah, just in time for you to probably come back to the laundry room. That's right. right. I'll have it perfectly down and then we'll be able to be together. That's how it'll go, right? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my goodness. You've worked so hard to get to where you are. You've done so much for the audio quality of this show. (laughs) I am just glad we were able to get it dialed in. It was a long road, but we got there. (laughs) We did. We did. Yes. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to introduce our guest and then we're going to dive into this important topic because obviously for us to be future focused as parents, we've got to also understand ourselves. And sometimes it means understanding our past to be able to parent well into the future. So this is going to be helpful, hopefully for you parents out there who maybe still have some work and some unpacking to do with your own things that show up in your parenting. Because how often does our own baggage show up in our parenting? I think that definitely can happen. So all the time. All the time, right? All the time. <laughs> it definitely does. So we are excited to have Dr. Laura Froyen with us today. She has her PhD in human development and family studies with a special specialization rather in couple and family therapy. She's also the host of the Balanced Parent Podcast, where she helps parents all over the world embrace conscious communication, compassion, respect, and balance in their relationships with the important people in their lives, including their relationship with themselves which we're going to talk a little bit about today. So welcome, Laura. Thanks for being with us. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Well, we're glad to have you along and we know you're going to lend some experience and expertise to this important topic. And as our listeners know, Kira and I like to start with our why. We talk a lot about intention when we bring different topics to the table. And so we'd love if you'd share anything else you'd like us to know, Laura, just introduce yourself a little more fully, maybe tell about your own family and children. And what's your why for the important work that you do and this topic we're going to talk about today? We'd just love to hear what what's driving you in, in this important area. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, you know, I have a eight-year-old and an almost six-year-old um, who are wonderful and just fabulous kids, um, but they do show me where I have work to do each and every day. You know, they show me the little parts of myself that maybe I, you know, that I find difficult to like um, or struggle with. Um, and so they're my wonderful partners in this growing up that we are all still doing. You know, we're never done growing up. Just like we're never done finding balance or learning to be kinder to ourselves. Um, and so my big why, though, really comes about for like the reason I started my business and all of it. So I, you know, I had um, a, a high needs three year old who was very sensitive, strong willed, challenging, whatever label you want to put on kids that can be kind of hard. And at the same time, I had just had a baby. And while I was pregnant, I had been in a car accident. And I was mm. also a professor at the time. Mm. And I just had this moment where like, I knew what I was supposed to be doing with my daughters. I, I like I, I had my PhD in human development, I researched parenting programs. That's what I did. I knew what I was supposed to be doing and I just couldn't do it. I just had all of these old things that my parents used to say to me that I never wanted to say to my kid, just coming out of my mouth. I couldn't get a pause. I felt like I was always triggered, always reacting. And it was a really hard season in my life. And I was really blessed to be able to kind of reevaluate my career trajectory, slow things down. Um, I was dis disabled at the time too. I had a lot going on, which probably contributed quite a bit to me having a hair trigger and losing my cool with my kid um, more than I wanted to. And so, I mean, that's the why that I think, you know, we can, as much as you and, um, you know, you two and all of the wonderful advice you give, there's so many wonderful resources out there for parents. And some parents can easily just put it into practice and move on their merry way. And then there's other of us who it's hard. It's hard. We know what we're supposed to say. We know what we're supposed to do. And we just can't manage to do it in the moment with our kids. And that's, that's who I, I love to help. That's why, cause that was me. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, anyway, I hope that oh. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you said that because I think that is so true. And I just personally, I mean, you know, this is my job. I do this for a <laughs> living, but, and I'm the same way. It's like, there are moments where I know what I'm supposed to say and I know what I'm supposed to do. And for whatever reason, I see red, I just can't. So I'm so excited we get to talk about this today because as a mental health professional myself, like the importance of going, what's going on in there? What's what's <laughs> happening for me right now, right? This is not about my kid. This is not <laughs> about the situation. This is about me. So I just, I'm so excited to get to talk with you and thank you for sharing just such a very honest why. I really, we really appreciate it when people are not afraid to go, hey, you know, this parenting thing, it's kind of hard sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. So, you know, we're talking about this inner work of conscious parenting. And so what what does that mean? Like when you think about doing the inner work for, to be a conscious parent, what does that look like? What does that even mean? 
Yeah. So let's talk for a second about what conscious parenting is. I I think that there's lots of different ways that that word gets used or that phrase gets kind of thrown out there. But really what conscious parenting is, is, is aware parenting, present parenting, intentional parenting, where you are not reacting to your kids out of habit or old patterns or scripts that you learned in your own childhood, but you are present, mindful, aware in the moment and choosing how you interact with your children um, and with yourself in the moment, figuring out, you know, okay, so what's going on for me right now? What's going on for them right now? And in this moment, how can I show up as my best self? And how can I show up in a place that is, is true to my values and what I really believe about being in a family, about children, about child development, um, you know, and living in alignment with my actual core values and beliefs. That's what conscious parenting is. Um, And so in order to be able to do that, you know, be present and aware and intentional in the moment with your kids, uh, that requires a lot of inner work, a lot of inner awareness and self-knowledge so that you can actually get that pause and that in the moment awareness. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that is probably you've, with your own personal story, kind of hit the most challenging part is we can even know the right things to do, but implementing them in the moment, especially if we are upset or we're feeling flooded with emotions, that is what is so challenging. And so one piece of this really comes down to understanding and identifying what those triggers are in the first place. But I know I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of parents are, how do we go about that? How can we be gentle with ourselves while we do this work to even identify and understand those? Oh, yeah. So I mean, you said it right there, we've got to be gentle with ourselves. That's the very first thing. Whenever I work with, um, with parents, is I want to, you to start cultivating just an atmosphere, an internal atmosphere of compassion and self-kindness. Um, you know, as we're making changes to our parenting, as we're trying to learn how to be in a new way with our kids, oftentimes we use the very things that we're trying not to do with our kids on ourselves, right? We use blame, shame, criticism, judgment, all on ourselves. And so the very first thing you do is have to start taking a look at how I'm speak you're speaking to yourself and just recognizing that like it makes sense why these things are hard to you. It make for you. It makes sense that um that we don't know <laughs> what we're doing necessarily or it makes sense that in the moment it's hard when you're flooded to be your most conscious and best self and that you're human and that you make mistakes and that's part of being alive. And so that self-kindness is is so important. Um but I would guess that your listeners right now, they know they know what the things are that make them see red. Now, these are not mysteries. Most of the time, these are things that we could, if we could like plot the landmines through the map of our day, we know where they are. They're, you know, the moment when your child says, no, I'm not going to do it. Or when they spill their water after the fourth time that you've asked them to put the lid on. Or I don't know, what are, do, you, do you know what your triggers are? I was just going to say, I know exactly what mine is, which is like, I have a question about it. But yes, mine is um, (laughs) lack of gratitude, like red, absolute. Mm. And I've never been able to figure out, and this was the question I was going to ask you next. please do. I'm aware of it. I could not tell you where it comes from. I have Mm. no, I cannot pinpoint what happened to me in childhood (laughs) that made me just see red over Mm. this thing. And so even though I'm aware of the trigger, I oftentimes am like, I don't, because I'm a big believer if I, if I understand where it comes from, 
then I can talk myself through exactly what you're saying. Like, that makes sense to me. Of course you're feeling that way. Look at what happened to you in childhood. But uh, when I'm like, I, I get it. I know the trigger, but I can't possibly tell you why it's happening. That's <laughs> yeah, where I get really lost, challenging. you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this for, for just a minute, because it's so important that everybody who's listening understand that you do not have to have explicit memories of your childhood to do this inner work and this inner healing. Those explicit memories or knowing kind of pinpointing where it happened can often actually derail you from the, the actual inner work, because I don't, I don't know you very well, um, Kira, but for me, I am a perfectionist. And I just think if I could just get to the root source, then I could figure it out and I could fix it and it wouldn't bother me anymore. Do you, does that happen to you? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I think for me, like I like to understand, I'm, like I like to have the logic of like, yes. oh, I can Helps be gentler you. with myself when I understand where it comes from. But mm-hmm. when I have no understanding of why I'm feeling that way, I feel a little more lost in it, if that makes yeah. sense. It makes so much sense. That makes so much sense because most of us grew up in settings where our worthiness of being treated with understanding and compassion was dependent on something dependent on something making sense or being reasonable to those around us, right? And so if we have just this general atmosphere of no matter the reason why this trigger is here, I'm still worthy of being treated with gentlemanness. Mm-hmm. That, I, that I can still be kind to myself when I see that red when that, in that moment of ingratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's, 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 I love that because I guess okay. I've, I guess I've never thought about that, that like, I can be gentle even if I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, even if I have no good reason, yeah. you know, no good reason to feel annoyed that my kids aren't grateful. That, that's the story that I'm telling myself. So this is the other thing that I think can be really helpful with this is that oftentimes we are with things like this, we're telling ourselves a story. We're making something that our child did mean something. So it can also be really helpful to ask, like, what's the story I'm telling myself right now about this moment? Or what am I making this mean? So I don't have an example, you know, per se, like just a a personal example. I have jealousy as a trigger of mine when my two girls are um, feeling jealous. And it kind of triggers with the ingratitude. Um, Let's say, for example, I got them... um, two yummy scones at our local bakery. And they're both delicious. They're both blueberry lemon. They're the same flavor, their favorite flavor. And I put them on the plate. I put them in front of them. And one goes, hers has more frosting than, you know, than mine. And the other one says, hers has more blueberries than mine. It's like instant red for me. Right. And so Mm -hmm. in the moment, the story that I'm telling myself is that they are ungrateful can't they just be grateful? I didn't have to give them a scone. And like my like instinct, well, it's not really my instinct. This is what I've been conditioned to do by my own upbringing is to say, fine, you don't, you know, if you can, you know, you don't have to have them, you know, and just boom, take them away. That's my like instinct. I don't do that. You know, I am aware of this. It's I'm always prepared for the, that trigger. And this is, the, I mean, this is the thing that that story, they're not grateful the question is, is that actually true? In that moment, are they actually being ungrateful or am I simply labeling that behavior as being ungrateful or being jealous, whatever the label I'm giving it to? And is there another, like, what's an alternative way to interpret that behavior? So this one, when they're talking about she got more frosting and she got more blueberries, an alternative way to interpret that is, 
they're disappointed. They were expecting, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling a little envious. They're feeling envy. Envy is an uncomfortable feeling. Envy is a feeling that's hard to handle well for little kids. You know, they were, they really love blueberries and they see all those blueberries in their sisters. They're, they're feeling envy. And it doesn't have to necessarily mean anything about my kids' qualities, that they are ungrateful kids, or even that they are envious kids. Momentarily right now, they're feeling envy. They're feeling a little bit jealous of their sister's scone. And it doesn't have to mean anything about me or <laughs> about my parenting. And so that, like, that's the self-talk. This is a conversation that happens in your own head. And when you know your triggers, when you have a map of kind of the landmines of your day, then you can be prepared for that. So when I, I know that this is something that happens between my kids. So when I go and get out the scones, I'm prepared. I go into the pantry. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put out these scones. They're probably going to be disappointed. They're probably going to express some jealousy. All feelings are welcome in our house. They are all welcome. So I'm prepared. I have a practiced response for that when that happens. Um, I have a plan in place for what to do and what to say. And sometimes I even prepare them. So I will even say, I got you guys some scones. I'm going to go into the pantry and get them. And you might feel disappointed in the one that you get. It's possible that you might. And that's okay to feel disappointed. If you two want to work that out together, that's fine. But I don't want to hear arguing about it. Look at you being so future focused. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Having a plan in advance and preparing them for what might happen. she rehearsed it in her head. I mean, Laura, I'm very (laughs) impressed. Actually, you know what? Let's just take a quick break. I'm sorry to cut you off in the middle, but I do want to hear. I want to hear what happens next. And I know our listeners do too, but we're just going to take a super quick break and we'll be right back. Well, hi, listeners and FFPs. We are just curious if you might be a part of a parents group or a co-op preschool or some kind of parent ed situation that might benefit from having Dina and I come and speak. We love to do public speaking engagements and we love to talk in more detail about some of the topics that we discuss on the show. We can speak on a wide array of popular parenting topics, including things like fostering emotional intelligence, parenting anxious kids, how to employ gentle discipline in your home, how to foster positive sibling relationships, and even how to implement things like manners and chores and setting up your family's unique value system. The other thing that can be really helpful, especially during this time, is we are able to present virtually via Zoom or other online platforms. So we're able to speak to groups even when we can't meet together in person. Yeah, so if you're a part of a group that might be interested in having us come and talk for a little bit, we always finish with a Q&A, which is honestly Dina's and my favorite part because we get to just answer your questions and see what came up from the topic that we're speaking about. So if you're interested in having us come, you can go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, click on the Hire Us tab and go to public speaking. All the information that you need is right there. Okay, so you've set the the stage with the scones you're gonna get the scones you may feel I love that by the way like you you might feel I love the normalizing of that like it wouldn't surprise me at all if you felt jealous or envious or whatever and that's okay but I don't want you to argue about it then what okay so then you go and most of the time they're like okay they're prepared now right and so then you put it in front and there's one of them crumples You've seen that happen on, I feel like that's such a, like a, a, like four or five-year-old thing to do. Their face just like crumples. And then that's when the self-soothing comes in, 
like on yourself, compassion for yourself. Laura, this doesn't mean what you think it means. She's disappointed. That's what a kid looks like when they're disappointed. That is not what a kid looks like when they're ungrateful. This is, you've been trained to think that that looks like ingratitude. That's not what that is. That's just disappointed. That's just what a four-year-old looks like when they're disappointed. This is like all internal dialogue. I talk to myself a lot. That's, I mean, the inner work is talking to yourself. This is, I mean, and really what this is, you know, so Kara, you were saying you don't really have a specific memory of this, but I would imagine that moments of ingratitude in your home, just the general feeling in your home is that you needed to be a grateful kid to be okay. That in your home, being grateful was like the best thing you could be. Like that was a value that was prized and welcomed and encouraged in your home growing up. Mm -hmm. And so, or that you have, I I don't know, I'm just guessing that oftentimes this is what parents, either it's either that or parents have some idea of, you know, if I raise ungrateful kids and I'm a bad mom, you know, I thought this is some indication that I'm not doing it right. Or there's like this other third piece of it that could be, you know, I do where there's a little bit of like a tinge of resentment. Like I do so much. I didn't have to buy this. Why can't you just accept it? It was just, this is a bonus. You know, I do so much. And I, I'm sorry, I this was your example, Kara. So I, I feel like no, I'm you're picking therapizing on you. me. I love it. No, I love it. <laughs> but do we it. all have these things, right? So these are, I mean, this is where triggers come from, right? They either come from kind of some kind of message we got, some idea we got from the past or some story we're telling ourselves about our kids or ourselves as parents, what it will mean about ourselves. And so then we, when we're aware of the narrative, then we can talk back to the narrative. And this is what we're actually doing right then in that moment is reparenting ourselves. So most of us were not met with kindness and compassion when we had big feelings as kids. And so now as adults, we know how to stuff those feelings, deny those feelings, pretend that they're not there, um, not acknowledge them. And so we can be kind, compassionate, wise parents to our to ourselves in the moment while our kids are having these reactions. And as we are parenting our kids. So this is something that happens kind of in tandem. Or, you know, when you're first doing this work, oftentimes it has to come afterwards. It comes after like the moment of awareness of like, oh, I was triggered and I reacted instead of responded. It's, you know, that often comes after at first when you start starting to bring awareness to some of these triggers. And when you find them and you notice, oh, I was really reactive. There was like a hair, like there was no time between my kid doing this, me seeing red and me responding. There was very little time. That's when you can do a little bit of journaling. What was I telling myself? What was going on for me? What are some options, other options? How could this go ahead of time? And I really think like being proactive in this way, like this is going to happen again. That trigger is there for a reason. That trigger is an opportunity to heal whatever it is that's going on. Each and every time I get triggered, it's an opportunity to be kind to myself. It's an opportunity to teach myself that I am worthy of compassion and love, even in my imperfectness. And each and every time it's a way for me to practice doing something new and something different. Wow. I I feel like we need a branch, Dina, of future-focused parenting that's future-focused reparenting. <laughs> there you go. Because that's what this is, right? That's, that is what this is. Yeah. I mean, there's some big things in there. I think even hearing you say that sometimes we say to ourselves, there's no good reason that I feel this way, that was really powerful for me to think about because mm-hmm. – 
it's like we think we must have a good reason or the feeling isn't valid instead of there might be no good reason and I can still be kind to myself about the feeling. Mm -hmm. That was really interesting. Isn't that what we say to our kids every day? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the blueberry scone example, right? Like the idea that like to us as an adult, more blueberries, more frosting isn't a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like you should just be grateful for the scone that I gave you. You know, there's no good reason to be, you know, unhappy in this moment. You have a scone in front of you. But the idea of going, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if they have a reason or they don't have a reason. They're feeling Mm -hmm. a feeling and feelings are valid. The feeling is valid. The feeling is okay. We say that on the show all the time. Yeah, we don't have to agree. I mean, so if this is how we're showing up with our kids, aren't we also deserving of that same grace? Mm -hmm. Of that same just, yeah, we've got feelings, man. They're there. Yeah. What can you do about it? It's there. All you can do do is be kind. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you find then? I'm curious, like long term as as someone who's been doing this work herself, what are those long term benefits that you see? Because obviously this this is time consuming and hard work and emotionally hard time-consuming hard, all of those things. And we don't shy away from that on the show at all because we believe that, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain. What is the long-term gain here? What do you, what have you seen with your mm. own kids? What do you see with the parents that you work with? What are the benefits they reap from digging into those moments that feel really hard? Okay. I'm going to tell you a super vulnerable story. Like that just happened. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be so embarrassed. <laughs> so one of my biggest stories that I came out of childhood with was that I was careless, that I was clumsy, you know, that I, um, and that, that made me not worthy, you know, like, uh, the, you know, like if I spilled something, there was a big, oh, I always have to have a mess, you know, and my parents were wonderful. They were not like bad people, you know, like this just, they were just normal parents in the eighties, you know, but that was, that was something that I didn't, I never wanted my kids to feel. And I knew was coming for me. I knew when they would spill things, it was gonna, it was gonna be a moment where I was gonna have a little bit of a trigger, get and get, see that red and get to choose something different. Mm-hmm. Right. And so <laughs> my, my two year old or my youngest, when she was two, she beautifully invited me to practice with that. You know, she just was so <laughs> such my partner. I love that phrasing. Beautifully oh, invited me. They are there. There are partners in this growing up. They are. So she had this thing where she would, She'd walk over to her cup at the table and she would say, mama, I'm going to dump it. And then she would dump it all Ah. over the floor. And most of the time I was able to, you know, she was in the space and most of the time the cup was not even available to her. You know, most of the time if she needed a drink of water, she'd have a drink of water and then I would take it and put it out of her reach because this is the face that she's in. But, and most of the time if she, she announced it, you know, so I was able to get there before she fully dumped it. But if I wasn't and it dumped, that was my chance, my chance to do something different than what my parents did. And I said, well, let's clean it up. And we would just get out some towels and clean it up. And that was, it was over with. Okay. So then fast forward, you know, four years to this weekend, I was cleaning our jetted tub out. You have to fill it to a certain level to get over the things. And I wasn't paying attention to it. I got distracted. And my husband opened the door to the bathroom where it was filling 20 minutes later. Oh, no. And water just came pouring out. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And the kids were had been in their rest time because they go they go to their rooms for rest time each day and they they like I my husband was like ah and I was like ah and they were like 
well, let's clean it up. And they ran, ah. they, they ran to the closet. They got out all like to where we keep our swim towels. They, and they ran like my husband didn't even like my husband had ran off to go get like kitchen towels. <laughs> And, and, these, <laughs> and these girls just ran, like, you know, like little tea towels. And these girls ran in to go and they grabbed all of our swim towels and they're like, well, mom, at least the floor is going to be super clean now. Aww. And it was it. That was it. That's, that's the payoff, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, every single time as a two-year-old, she spilled that water and I said, well, let's clean it up. I regulated myself. Like there were times when I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. Let's clean it up, you know. <laughs> I'm breathing yes, deeply. Then, yes, really deeply. Yeah. Um, and then four years later, just that little, well, mama, let's clean it up. It was great. Wow. And so much compassion. And yeah. they didn't even think, like, you know, I'm embarrassed to tell that story, but they think nothing of it. They think nothing about that is embarrassing or bad or wrong. Right. Everybody makes yeah. mistakes, mom. Of course you do. Of right. course you make yeah. mistakes. Well, and what's so interesting about that is that, you know, you're you're embarrassed by that because of that story that you've carried with you, right? Yeah, But exactly. lots of other people who don't have that story, which your children clearly don't, are going to are gonna hear this on the episode and be like, well, yeah, of course, that happens. To, doesn't that happen to everybody once in their life? Like, it's happened to us, you know, like, if everybody does that once. But those are people who don't have that story. And so mm-hmm. you've given them the gift of not having that story. Mm-hmm. That story of shame. Yes, of, absolutely. Of their worth being tied to their actions. This is what we're doing. We're, we're uncoupling our worth from our actions as parents. And in the process, giving our kids the gift to walk into life unencumbered by shame and having their worth be in no way tied to their actions, Mm. you know, and most of us feel like our worth is conditional as parents. We do. And so that's what the inner work is, is learning to uncouple our actions as parents from our worth so that it, nothing feels like an emergency anymore. We always know, like, no matter what I do, I'm going to be worthy of being treated with grace and kindness. And now I have the space and time to take a look at, do I actually want to do that with my kids? Or do I want to do something different? Yeah, it's such a gift that you give them. And I love that idea of the uncoupling. And you even said it before with feelings, which I think is really powerful too. A child having a moment of envy over a scone does not an envious child make. Yeah. And how powerful that is to uncouple, okay, they're having a big feeling versus that's what they're like as a person. Because then we can free them from having some of those challenging narratives as they grow. And I think that's really powerful to say, that's very different to say you're having a jealous feeling versus you're a jealous person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is really, this is this is amazing. Thank you, Laura. This has been super helpful. And I'm sure that our parents listening have gotten a ton out of it too because it's just this perspective shift too there's some things you said where i haven't thought about it that way and i think that's exactly what having guests on the show is it's that different perspective brought in maybe i haven't thought about it this way or taken it from this angle and i just think that's so helpful as we all seek to bring our best selves into our parenting journey and hopefully serve our children well so they aren't bringing the same kind of baggage in as they grow. And that's that's just so incredibly helpful. So thank you for that. And I'm confident that our audience will want to know how to connect with you further. So can you tell us how they can find you or your social media handles, website, all those fun things? 
Absolutely. Well, Dina and Kara, I'm so excited and just so grateful to have partners and colleagues in this mission of raising, you know, more conscious and responsible and respectful kids through teaching them and treating them with consciousness and respect and compassion. So I'm so excited to be connected with you. Um, Yes. So my podcast is The Balanced Parent. Um, You can find me on any platform. I'm I'm Laura Froyan, PhD on all my social media handles, Facebook and Instagram. I'm really liking Instagram reels. So come check those out. And then I do have a little meditation for you all. So we didn't get to talk a whole lot about self-compassion meditations as a practice. Meditations are like, you know, going out for a jog when you're training for a marathon, right? So when I do these things daily, um, I can't meditate for 20 minutes, never worked for me. So I do five minute meditations. And so I have one for your listeners, if they want to go download it, um, they can go to laurafroyan.com slash compassion. And my kids actually helped me write it. And we wrote it after they had a conflict with each other. And we thought about what other kids need to know about their family um, when we have a a hard moment with each other. So it's called self-compassion for imperfect families. And so I hope it helps. (laughs) I love it so much. That's a wonderful, oh my goodness. I'll be downloading that immediately. That's fantastic. (laughs) That is fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for sharing with our listeners today and letting us benefit from your wisdom. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for therapizing me today. I have a lot to do on. Kira got a little mini session. Awesome. I know. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, listeners, we do hope this was helpful for you and that you'll take advantage of some of what Laura has to offer and that you will walk away from listening to this episode with a renewed willingness to be kind to yourself and extend grace to yourself and not just your children. We do look forward to being back with you with a new episode next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room, partially in my coat closet. Editing by Allison Preisinger and music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.